0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 80 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. 80. 80. We, uh, 80. another decade of weekly <laughs> installments <laughs> in week terms, I guess. Um, this week is what are we in December now? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think we talked about <laughs> yes. Christmas last week, <laughs> yes, and, we did. and we're in, <laughs> in December, and how fast this entire year has. Quickly gone past us. We've had two Christmas things season series so far. That's it, right? Yeah. This was yeah. this was the second week already, and so time seems to be flying past. And I was talking to two people from the church this week who. Uh, we were actually talking about podcasts and how much they enjoy listening to the podcast. And so at least we know that there are some people. Two. There's just two <laughs> people listening and enjoying what we're talking about. I'm but sad. seriously, thanks for joining us again this week. And as we continue on into the Christmas season, last week, and I think this is important because it really kind of tied together with this week's message. Last week's was Don't Be Afraid, which was by Andy, where we decided that Jesus knows that there are plenty of things of which we may be afraid, and he simply tells us that as we live in Him, there is great fatherliness of this. There is this great fatherliness of the spiritual universe upon which we can be dependent. That was not easy for me to say, <laughs> but again, you can catch up with that in all other messages and/or podcasts at the church website, but really, the church mobile app, which you can find in the Apple uh, Apple to, Apple Store. I, pfft, Find it online. <laughs> Doggone it. That's try right. iTunes. Yeah, try iTunes or the Google Play Store. That's probably what you need to do. But on to this week, and it was a, a kind of a follow-up. I felt like it was a follow-up to last week, almost a continuation. It was entitled Everyone. And early on in the message, Andy, you asked a question that kind of started our minds working on the underlying issue of why it's so difficult for us to be inclusive-minded In a world that is just simply exclusive, you said, what is it about our fallen human nature that wants to exclude? We want to be unique, to be special, to be the only one who has X or the it. The satanic notion of scarcity has invaded our minds. So what is it that changed in God's plan from the garden that made this our new reality? And can it be identified other than just, well, that's, you know, the wages of sin is death. (laughs) is there another explanation or is it just simply sin that hmm. has just that has just taken us to this point where you mentioned that there's never you know the scarcity rule there's like there's never enough we have to have a you know almost like we have to hoard just in case there's you know we're going to ration this and yet we apply to salvation well, we once, apply to the good news once there's
1: when, when there was an abund- when there's abundance and everything is perfect uh it's no duh that there's 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 plenty. <laughs> uh, but soon as soon as sin does come in, uh, that's the whole self limiting nature of sin. Uh John says if you eat the fruit you're gonna die. And all of a sudden now my life is my life becomes a scarce commodity as before it was you know, I just have life. Yeah, I kind of and I think that really it's it's infiltrated everything uh to to sort of beat us down a little bit that there's never quite enough. And we got to try to get more, and it can it can get us so off track to be diverted into all kinds of things. Another thing that
2: you see in that that story, when you go back to the beginning, is the fact that everything becomes harder. You know, that mm. the, yeah. you toil for what you eat, you toil for the things that you you need, and so it's it, you, you get this selfish mindset. Not only am I, is it a scarce commodity? but now i have to work hard and if i'm
0: going to have to work hard for what i'm, I'm not sharing it with I'm you i'm holding on yeah yeah well, that makes perfect sense and i think it also the fear of having to work too hard or is is a real mm-hmm. thing the fear of not having enough and that brings us back to last week and you know do not be afraid so do we just fear those things or is it just the fear of the unknown that we don't understand about diversity that just paralyzes us into this inaction or this protectionism. Like we're not sure what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So just in case mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm keeping it all to me.
1: Sure. The, the unknown, the unknown creates the fear we talked about last week, you know, the worry about mm-hmm. what's not, what isn't. And then to never have quite enough, um, you know, and to be able to think the other thing on side of not having enough is I really think the whole angle of wanting to be special. Mm-hmm. And so, if if I have the if I have the castle, I'm special as opposed to the poor guys that live out in those little huts outside the castle. You know, sure. And and it's it's all it's all illusionary. Uh, it really is this whole idea that I'm something because I have this, or it's just it's sad. Which
0: ties into both of them. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. It's just odd how the value system, almost like how we rate a sin. Mm-hmm. Well, this one we can see, so, well, that's, that's a, a bad, bad one. Yeah, one. that goes up like the nine or the <laughs> but ten. But greed, which is a very much worse <laughs> sin. Nobody sees that. And it's hard. It's much more – yeah, it's harder <laughs> to see that. So that gets rated a lot lower because it seems like if we could just get to the root cause of this in each of us – because it's probably a little bit different which part of this makes triggers for us individually sure. – but we'd be leave we'd interact and we'd probably live in a way that was more sermon on the mount versus like currently it seems just like reality tv like everything <laughs> is a a reality tv show in this right but Last week I was not here. This week, you know, I was here. Yeah, I put, I, I put the. Yeah, we checked you out on. Yeah, yeah, he, he said he was keeping track and
1: Randy is present <laughs> and accounted for. All and right. so you
0: had Sparkle in the front row, and you know, I was working on Deacon duty this week, and they're like, "Hey, you ever done the podium before?" And I'm like, "I can handle it." Put Snapped me in right up
1: there, man. It was good timing.
0: Put me in, Coach. I'm ready. So from the front row, one question that came to mind was. This whole idea of, of tolerance and forgiveness, they, they seem to go hand in hand, but sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Our culture, society like we just talked about, has become just really so toxic to disagreement that everything from just a simple day-to-day interaction mm-hmm. all the way to you know go to the holy grail, the pinnacle of political dissension. But does, is it really our lack of forgiveness skills or our willingness to forgive that's really pushing this exclusionary, cliquish – I need more for me, because what the things that we've gone through. If we're not adequately forgiving, isn't that a big part of what we're pushing for, or what's pushing this on us?
2: Well, you know, you think about that from the standpoint of we we really we keep saying we want what we deserve. We keep saying right. that there should be equality. I should get what I worked for. I should get what I you know. Until we start to realize that we're all sinners and we don't actually get what we deserve thank goodness uh thanks right. to god actually because this it's this kind of thing when we start thinking about it you know in terms of your question um i i do think that for the most part we we look at life or we look at these kind of things in the context of i really really want my my stuff. And so we it's not necessarily just greed. Yeah. Sometimes it's this idea of if if I if I really believe that I was going to have eternal life and I can work towards it or I can do something on my part, it goes back to what we talked about last week, is that I really want to be able to be included in that equation.
0: Well, I just found myself thinking about like you were talking about like how even the blessings become this kind of balancing act of forgiveness when it's almost like if someone doesn't have what we have we make excuses and say well they're just not working hard mm-hmm. but man I'm I'm working hard for what I got and that's you know I'm kind of in this protection right. and then if someone were to suggest that maybe you weren't as benevolent as maybe you should be especially <laughs> you're a Christian so you should even be a little bit more benevolent that we kind of take that and we I don't I think that sometimes we just don't forgive or say you just kind of let that right. go and and say no you know, and, and try to have a conversation versus just nope. That's just one more thing, and yeah. I'm just going to wrap around it now, and I'm going to hold on tight because they think that I'm not working hard enough for what I have.
1: Yeah. Well, one member came up to me afterwards and said that um, said, well, you know, the the day that Satan burns in hell will be a very sad day. And I'm like, mm. I was, I'm like, what? And he said, yeah, he said, because God will be weeping because this is God's creation that. He loves with an an everlasting love, even though he's made all these choices and caused all this Mm. terrible things, he's still sad to lose him. And I thought, oh, my thought It reminded me of Roger Bothwell's sermon about uh, years ago about how he got to heaven and noticed in his mailbox next door it said, A. Hitler. And he thought... Poor guy, you know, (laughs) have a name like that. It's really going to be hard for his whole life. He goes over and knocks on the door, and this little short guy with a mustache comes to the door. He's like, Oh, my lane's. And and, and we think preposterous, this ludicrous. But no one will be in heaven because they deserve to be there. Right. Uh, And so that's, and that's that whole idea then of of it is good news, a great joy for everyone. Jesus is the light that lights everyone. And anybody who receives that light or accepts that joy, no one will deserve to be there, so it is definitely open to everybody. Right,
0: that, that is weird, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I had forgotten. I think it was about two weeks ago. It was a lead up to the holiday season, and and it was kind of on this same on this same subject. But they were talking about how same thing. God was going to weep when you know the devil is destroyed because you know at one point he was the pinnacle almost of creation in mm-hmm. a way. And this nearly perfect being that was so powerful well, and beautiful, the mystery of iniquity, yeah, yeah. And so that's been kind of just in the back of my mind, kind of <laughs> mulling over because that's a tough one to swallow. And I think it, in, on a smaller scale, we kind of add that label to other people exactly. when, right? It's like, well, yeah, I know they think they're pretty good, but you know, the rest of us can totally see, yeah. you know, <laughs> we can totally see what's going on here right. instead of kind of returning that reflection back to us. Yeah,
1: and and wishing for them to be. Wishing for them to to be blessed by by the light, by the good news of great joy, yeah. is for everyone. You know, sometimes that you you get there's bears Christians, you know, that will hold up placards about you know certain groups are going to go to hell, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, as as if that was a good thing, as as opposed to Newhouse and in, in, uh, we were talking about it over lunch a little bit in his book um, about the the last the, the days of Christ's crucifixion. What's that book called? Um, anyway, it, and, and and there he talks about how we, we know that biblically there is a hell, right? But can we not pray it's empty? You know, can right. well, do, yeah. do we do we really have to have people? Do we have to have people go there
0: for us to be successful as Christians. You know. Well, and there's no <laughs> doubt that there's truth to the signs, because there's going to be people from every group that are going to occupy it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we should be celebrating that no. that's going to be the or case.
1: Wishing it to, or wishing it to be the case. All oh, 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 right, Or wishing yeah. it to if, be the if case. We're gonna, yeah. If we're going to be followers of Christ, we must wish for good. We must wish for their salvation. we got to wish for great things for them. Uh, pray for your enemies. <laughs> Bless those who persecute you. It's a pretty, pretty high bar. <laughs>
0: But why you know you Maybe that's the scarcity <laughs> issue the
1: scarcity of
0: of the space in hell, right yeah, there yeah. you go. well, you mentioned John's story to Jesus about you know stopping this outsider, you know oh, how dare you you know use right. the name of Jesus to do good essentially and I'm for a lot of people, I know there's going to be a, a bit of a hang up with that because there's a balance between beliefs and doctrines with who we I think immediately label an outsider because. Right. Maybe not in the total like as a derogatory, but
1: they They're, don't.
0: I know they don't believe like I do, right? And so you're in a way you're some type of an outsider. But you know we treat even Christians this way. Oh, we
1: treat each other Christians or denominations uh, worse. Or be horrible yeah. to each other sometimes.
0: And then you think about we
1: we we all, we go over Sunnis and Shiites and think, oh my, you know <laughs> yeah. we forget how recent Northern Ireland was. You know, where it's the uh, Catholics yeah. and the in the Protestants having this big war. Or oh, we do it between denominations? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah within 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 a single church we'll do it to each other yeah, yeah. and and it's just really the, the fact is is we can be sure of what we believe in mm-hmm. but we ought to be always sure that we don't have it all right right and it's really I, critical
2: I, I do think that a lot of this comes in from our own surety you know because if I have to be continually validated that what I chose as a denomination or a football team or whatever thing I chose, <laughs> yeah. if I have to continually be validated by the fact that what I did was good or that my choice was... You picked the Packers on <laughs> I me. Mean. <Okay>, I'm
1: not, <laughs> not going to talk
2: about that. Well, we'll Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. And, um, but I think that's the part is that we find some, it, we have to look at ourselves and say, hey, it, am I not... Feeling this assurance that Christ promises me, that that there is an abundance, and that whatever you know, whatever you decide um, is where you want to go, it's the direction that I will honor. But I will be with you if you choose me. I will be and, with you to the and end.
1: And if you make Him first, everything else you need is going to get taken care of. I mean, just yeah. so it's hard. For, it's those are walks of faith. I mean, sure, it's, it's, they you really don't, you are. don't See the answers, yeah. but it, but it's very inclusive on that end yeah whereas when we try to draw the boundaries it becomes very much exclusive yeah.
0: well and that was my next kind of my next question was uh you know in our denomination ever since i've been a little kid mm-hmm. i can remember hearing about you know we hear a lot about truth and we have the truth and i mean this is a source of pride yes. for many and maybe an equal source maybe of maybe an idol major concern maybe an <laughs> idol yeah major concern for for others of us mm-hmm. So, but does questioning or understanding or claiming that we don't know everything reveal a lack of faith or, or a lack of desire of Jesus or is this just something that it's it's healthy that we need to realize it's
1: I think it's extremely healthy because to to think otherwise is egomanial um you know to think we we, we have the the truth we we have an understanding of truth i will I will stand hard and firm on that. And having an understanding of truth and having all the truth are very different things. The truth Jesus said He was the truth, and He's infinite. So we, whew, whatever truth that we have, is not all of it. Okay, we but have that. A, yeah, we have. Yeah. We have a good bundle, and I like our bundle. I let's believe a, in. Let's do a comparison yeah, of that, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I believe in our bundle, that's why I'm part of this of this group. Yeah, but but I, I should not be proud about the fact, or or assume that I am am complete in my understanding of truth uh, as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Having having uh the understanding that God is truth
1: is a good truth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to say that I know all the truth
1: is true. Well that's why idea. that's why even within our denomination, at its core, we believe in progressive revelation. We believe it's okay to understand something today. Grow an understanding of it and maybe even let something go because we now discover that it's not as true as we thought it was and this is the more true truth. Uh, that's, that's an okay thing. We have to allow for the, our growth and understanding, our growth and acceptance of truth as well.
0: Because that's really the sign of, of a healthy, yeah. a healthy relationship and a healthy church. If we were all in that type of relationship, well, it's we're a little bit we're a little bit like an old married couple,
1: okay? <laughs> we really are when it comes to our relationship as a denomination, uh, as Christians in general. I think with our our bucket of truth, we believe, we understand the, it all perfectly, yeah, and. And if I, a married couple can come in and they've been married for 60 years, I guarantee I can sit down in my office and in five minutes I'll have them go, you really believe that? Is that really what you think? And they think they know all about each other. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> we have to do the same thing. We have to explore and question and, and doubt. It's a healthy thing. Uh, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. And we think, we're, when we think we're too certain, we're really in danger because faith is, has some unknowns to it
0: in order to be faith. In order to be faith, okay. right? I'm, I'm now I'm starting to preach again. Now there I'm starting you to go. preach. Well, and, <laughs> Another <you> know, sermon. <laughs> there you go. And, well, I like the way you said it when you were was speaking about this. You said, some of you may hear this and think that if this is true, that there's not solid ground of truth on which to stand. And you said, let me relieve your fears. Go back to last week and don't be afraid. Truth is always bigger than our grasp of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, if there was a just something that you could take away every week to just kinda remind yourself that, you know, if we are putting ourselves because that that statement really puts our us on the same level as everyone who Everybody we else. seem to think that maybe they don't have the right view or they don't have the right truth or somehow that elevates us and it lowers them, <laughs> even if it's just by a little bit. And that just seems to make all the difference in the world. And as we're running out of time, one of the FHC takeaways that I liked from this past week asked, what specialness is lost if it really is for everyone? And it was interesting where my mind went, uh, and not necessarily from a personal, but just from a journey perspective of the different things I've heard over time about, well, if it was for everyone, or those people wouldn't enjoy heaven, or, you know, all the, just the little different things. So if you had something like that to share with us, we'd love to hear what, <laughs> what comes to mind for you uh, that if any specialness would be lost, if it really is for everyone, and spoiler alert, it's for everyone. And then finally, we're going to leave you with thoughts from this past week's message. Andy said, let go of any exclusiveness. You don't have to protect God. Salvation is for everyone. So just go love someone into a lifelong friendship with God, and maybe that will happen best as you serve. This is good news of great joy for everyone. And there's something to kind of launch the rest of your holiday season as you start to look towards Christmas and the remaining time you have before that happens and all the craziness that ensues. But upcoming this week, this will be number three. Number three. Of, the
1: angel said, said the Savior's been born.
0: He's been born, so we're up and to that's
1: born. A, that born thing, that's a real... Um, Critical, important part of Christmas and really <laughs> was really sort of unusual and weird for those shepherds to hear that the Messiah had been born. Wait a minute. Why would baby? He be
0: born? Yeah. Baby? What's that all about? <laughs> all right. Well, you won't want to miss the intricacies of what that entails this upcoming week. So until next Wednesday in episode 81, this is Randy for Andy, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you then.